I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to Brentford's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff and hello, who are you on there? Hi, My name hello. is Brett. How are you? Who, are, who are you, rather? Nice to see you. Yes, I'm, you as well. I see you're growing a beard. Well, I just haven't had a shave with all the the lot of work and um, and things that are going on at the moment. So I, I'm I'm rather unkempt. A An isolation bit like Barry. beard. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of striving to be more like Barry. Barry. Yeah, Barry. Barry, who? You don't. We're only talking about it two weeks ago, man. Off yeah. button. Button. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was Jeez. one Barry that comes into my mind. Barry Jesus Gip. Christ, Clifford. How are you, man? <laughs> God. <laughs> Get with the narrative, man. Well, I've had a shave today because uh, one of the lasses at work told us that. Because, like you, I was saying, well, if I've got to work from home, uh-huh. um, obviously, ideal. Obviously, I'm going to grow a beard. Like, that's just what blokes do, isn't it? Like, any any excuse, I'll try yes. and grow a beard. Yeah. Um, and she said, you better not grow a beard because uh, the disease will live in it and you'll be able to pass it on yeah. <laughs> through the beard. <laughs> That's true. You're, you're going to be a spreader, aren't you, if you grow a beard? So you kind of do that. I'll have to bring, <laughs> keep your beard a meter away from everybody else. <laughs> you will. You anyway, will. I'm shaving it up because I was saying, I was just thinking to myself, well, in fact, I said out loud, well, a load of bollocks. But uh, <laughs> and tonight I thought, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it, it got in your head, did it? It played yeah, with your mind. Yeah. So I've so shaved uh, everything. I'm entirely hairless. You're entirely hairless, are you? Yeah. Nice and shaved, ready for your next massage. Yeah. So what what are the, the shops like and stuff where, where you live? Because I've got a story about me shopping exploits this week. Oh, have you? The shops uh-huh. aren't so bad. I, think this, I keep seeing pictures of people, same as in England, like the empty shelves and all of that stuff. I mean, I've been my local shops full the near supermarkets got plenty of stuff in it or I did last weekend I did a, did a big shop then changes mm-hmm. quite a lot here so I don't know what happened with your shop and then mine, well, mine was uneventful it was un- uneventful well my I'd like to say that mine was but it wasn't um, um, so we went to uh, Lidl yesterday or the day before so we got our shopping and stuff like that the wife likes the wine it's got a few bottles of wine and stuff. But like and when you say the wine, do you mean like she <laughs> likes the wine or she likes <laughs> particular wine from Little? <laughs> well, yeah, she likes the wine from Little. So <laughs> that's why we were there. So we bought a few bottles of wine. And I'm, I'm with, sort of with uh, with my uh, son, Jack, and we're just standing um, waiting because it's a big, long queue and stuff like that because it's a bit mental. 
and we're standing in the, the sort of middle of the store and there's this big sort of pile of beer in the middle of the store. So we're stood next to there. And we see the clock, these uh, three teenagers look a bit shifty. Um, and it was the, the best theft I've ever seen. It was the fastest <laughs> theft, right, I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Not that I've witnessed many thefts, but this one was, was particularly fantastic. Two of them, quickly, as fast as they could, just grabbed two huge cases of beer and sprinted out the shop. Just <laughs> ran out the shop. So they grabbed <laughs> it, it and were out. They were out. Um, so very sophisticated. I, well, it worked. I mean, there, there was no security guard or whatever on the door or anything like that. So I, I thought to myself, should I say anything? I was just all, no, I'm not saying anything. They shouldn't say, uh, they, sh they should have a security guard on the door. They should pay their staff this, this shop, shouldn't they? So I, I waited uh, anyway for about 10 uh, minutes. And then I was up to the thing and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll prop, I'll, I should tell the person. I said, so I'll, couple of teenagers have just nicked uh, two cases of beer um but they, they would have been long gone by then but what do you reckon the cases of beer were that the next <laughs> this, beer this, <laughs> it wasn't beer deluxe this isn't a joke either this is uh, this is the truth this really happened it was corona <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> there was loads of the corona so they've, they've now have two corona so Obviously, the, the whole world's trying to avoid corona, but these two teenagers are, are willing to go to prison to actually get it. So I mean, that's what they happened. probably could have got it, like, just giving it away because nobody wants it. <laughs> well, that's it. I think maybe <laughs> that's why there's no security guards. I mean, people are just swiping <laughs> cases of corona left, right and centre. It's a possibility. What do you think about that, though? I think it's absolutely insane that nobody's buying the beer <laughs> corona because... <laughs> Of the coronavirus, like I thought, like I saw in America, and I thought, okay, I yeah. can, I, I get it. Well, I, I don't understand it, but I can believe it. But uh -huh. but everywhere around the world, nobody's buying it. Like surely people know that it's a beer with a name yeah. that's been around for longer for a start. <laughs> what gets me is 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 why nobody's buying Corona beer. Yeah, I think that the highest watch film on Netflix is that film Contagion. Contagion. <laughs> so they're quite happy to, to sit and watch things for two hours. But if, if a beer's got the same name, they won't do it. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? It's insane. No. Yeah. I mean, if, if Corona want to send me some some beer, you know, free samples, I'm, I'm quite happy to accept. If Corona want to sponsor the flea circus, would quite happily accept that, wouldn't we? Let, let it be known that I'm fully supportive of the beer corona in this time. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> I messaged you in the week and said I wanted to do a bit of a different podcast this week. I didn't know it was going to get this bad as the week's gone on, but I just kind of thought, and it's a bit cheesy, but everybody's got time on their hands. Everybody's yeah. probably feeling a bit scared and sad and worried. Anybody who's got, suffers from anxiety is probably really feeling it now. Um, and not that we can do anything to help, but, you know, I just kind of wanted to... It, it's a weird thing. We were just chatting before we started recording, and we both kind of are of the same opinion, like, let's fucking see what happens, and hopefully everything will be all right. Like, yeah. and me, that's kind of mine and yours view on most things. Oh, that's how we get through life and stuff like that. But obviously for some people see things in a, a different way i mean it would be just as easy to say everything looks really shit this is going to be the worst thing ever and everything's going to be awful at the end of it and i totally yeah. understand why people think that as well 
But I don't know, like my thing, and I've been trying to say to the guys on my team at work as well, is like whatever they think, like I'm, I'm confident for whatever reason. I think we'll get through it, and we'll get through the other side. And, you know, every it'll, it, it's not going to blow over quickly, and things are going to be tough, and they are tough now. But I don't know. I just wanted to do something this week about things that cheer us up and make us happy. And if by well, us talking about a few things, and you know, the the few people that listen to the podcast, listen to or watch one of the things we talk about and enjoy it, and it you know cheers them up for a bit then great and if anybody wants to suggest things on the back of listening to this then i'm absolutely happy to give that a go as well as long as it's not shawshank redemption it or uh <laughs> stephen king <laughs> why <laughs> or yeah, Dr. I, Dr. I, Dr. <laughs> well i'm picking all those things that you've mentioned but yeah i completely agree because i mean we've got to deal with it don't we it's, it's here now we've got it we've got no choice also, I was feeling a bit nostalgic this week because um, our friend Wardy, who you mentioned on the last episode, the wrestling fan, he yep. sent us a video that he made when we were at college, which uh, you probably saw it at the time, but it was about it was like a spoof follow-up to Premier Passions, the Sutherland documentary, um, <laughs> and it followed. I don't, I honestly, I'm watching it again. I've got no idea what it was about, but <laughs> for some reason, me. As a pissed teenager, eulogising about George Best is the main part of this video. <laughs> well, that, that's brilliant. That, that's, that's what we spent most of our teenage days yeah. doing, me and you, wasn't it? The other bit was uh, me stealing a sign from a local pub and uh, smashing it up. <laughs> was that the quiz night, was it? Yeah. Well, we you, used to, you always get drunk and yeah. steal things. It was mainly yeah. like signs from the Gazette, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why can't say that. that. I might get well, respectably sacked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to see them get you now. What I wanted to do, I thought I said, like, was to pick a like an album or a film or a telly show or a book or whatever that uh, when you you know when you want cheering up, you turn to, or um, when you do put it on, it always makes you feel happy or whatever. Uh, as this podcast is about, a lot of it's about nostalgia. <laughs> Um, things that we remember from being a kid and stuff like that. I thought instead of having a set thing this week, we'd uh, we just chat to each other about the stuff, those things that like kind of cheer us up. Um, yeah. So I know what I picked, but I've been talking for ages now. So tell us what 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 you've gone for. And the film that I picked uh, is is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's, yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant film. I watched it uh, a couple of days ago. Sort of all all the worries and things like that of the. Corona and stuff like that just escaped me mind. It's just an escapist type of film, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. My wife uh, sort of came into the room halfway as I was watching it halfway through. She was rather upset with us that I didn't get her to come and watch it as well. So I, I'm in I'm in the bad books. It was actually a flop when it uh, it came out. I was mean, it? I, yeah, it didn't make much money when it came out. It was regarded as a flop. Um, but I think you know a lot of the films that I actually like um, are, are similar. I mean, things like The Thing and The Shining weren't particularly successful no. when the first came out. They're not like blockbuster fodder, other like even if they came out now, they wouldn't be probably. You know, this wouldn't yeah. be big big business films. Um, but Willy mm. Wonka, I don't know. I always assumed it was. I mean, it's on the telly every Christmas, and 
Uh, it's yeah. just one of those that is kind of part of the fabric of life, isn't it? Um, certainly in England, I think it's it's always on the telly of those moments like yeah. when everybody's together. The story is absolutely fantastic, um, and I, I enjoyed it as a kid. But mm-hmm. I actually appreciated it a little bit more watching it when I got a little bit older, because um, as as the story sort of progresses, you you sort of see that Willy Wonka's not quite the wholesome man that he's, no, he's, he's not, made up. Is he? Is he? <laughs> not when you're older, I think he, it's quite anything, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you're a kid, you you, you, you kind of miss that. But yeah, he's. Uh, He's, he's sinister, isn't he? And he, he basically sets up the kids to fail and wants them to fail. Um, but Charlie Bucket, what, you know, what hero, he doesn't actually fail. So, yeah, it's just, just a brilliant story. It's an uplifting story. As you're watching it, you actually you, you feel like you've got a golden ticket, like you're one of the kids who've been invited. Mm-hmm. Obviously, do you like it then? It's, it's, it's something that you enjoy watching? Yeah, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen it for a while. I've read the books which obviously isn't called that is it it's not called Willy Wonka no it's called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that's right yeah I read that and then there's the is it the glass elevators the follow-up yeah Um, I I don't know anything about the 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 sequel I think it's the film that sticks in the mind for most people um yeah yeah, I think it's great one thing I love about it is again like the film I'm going to talk about you you watch it as a kid and you yeah. just want to be it. You want to be in it. Yeah. You, want you want to be even in though it, yeah. all, even though all the kids get picked off one by one. <laughs> like you just want to go to that place where there's a chocolate river and uh-huh. just like all of that kind of stuff. Um, Every, everything's edible, you know. The the, the 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 wallpaper and everything and everything that they see is edible. It's just unbelievable. It's just who's a, your favorite kid in it? His favorite kid. It's got to be Charlie. I'm a good boy. <laughs> Who, who's who's your favorite? Augustus. Augustus Kloop, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Well, I like all the kids. I mean, the, 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 it's morals done in in the right way, this film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's obviously a reason why those particular kids, you know, fail the test that uh, Willy Wonka sets of greed and stuff like that, yeah. isn't it? Especially it's Augustus. like a kid's version of Seven. <laughs> it is. What do you think about the main man, Gene? Gene Wilder? Gene. Well, Gene Wilder has got the best hair in the whole world, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, this was this was 1971. This, and he still had a comb over, even though he was st- he still had hair. Big curly comb over. Yeah, yeah. Gene Wilder is amazing in this one. He's sinister. He's crazy. He's not very nice. He pulls kids' hair and things like that. You you, you find out that obviously the, the reason he's doing all these things is to, to sort of get a replacement for himself and Charlie's that person because mm-hmm. he gives back the everlasting gobstopper, which this guy Slugworth has been asking for, for Charlie <laughs> and all the other kids to give. Um, so he's he's a lovely boy, Charlie. And I always sort of, you know, saw myself as a bit of a Charlie. I was never <laughs> one of the other ones. <laughs> so, yeah, amazing. Um, Roald Dahl wrote it as well, didn't he? There's always kind of like bad grown-ups in them, isn't it? I should know better. And there's like a pure kid who maybe gets overlooked or whatever, but there's a... Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, his stories for kids are fantastic. Like, I haven't read them for a long time now, but I used to I used to love them all, and no doubt I'll read them to my daughter when she's old enough and stuff like yeah. that, because they're just great to read. I remember being 
them read to me and yeah. just fantastic to listen to as a kid like they're so evocative and and stuff i mean they, they are perfect for to make films out of because yeah. Yeah. this the way he writes and the characters and the, the scenarios and stuff just jump off the page like the witches is another example that film i haven't actually seen the witches in a long time but as a kid i did i, I sort of watched it endlessly with my sister and it was it, i remember it being quite scary you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he actually I'll... disowned this film. Did you know that Roald <laughs> disowned this film? Did he? He did. Uh, he, he wrote uh, sort of an original screenplay for it. Okay. Um, so he was he was supposed to do that, but when it came to it, they actually changed a lot of the things. They changed the ending. I think in the book, I don't think Charlie actually steals the the fizzy lifting drinks. I think he's just wholesome and, and a good lad in the okay. in the book. But in the film, one of the main reasons at the end why Willy Wonka sort of says to him that he he's not going to get the lifetime supply of chocolate is because he and Grandpa Joe stole the uh, the fizzy lifting drinks. So there was a couple of things that Roald Dahl didn't like when they, that they had changed certain aspects of his book. Okay. Similar to okay. a person that I've never mentioned before called Stephen King, who was a little bit <laughs> upset about <laughs> the, the changes of his book. So, yeah, Roald Dahl just disowned it. How did G. Wilder would... get involved in it? Well, that that was the other reason, actually, why um, he kind of disowned it, because it's his book, and he wanted Spike Mulligan, Roald Dahl wanted Spike Mulligan to be Willy okay. Wonka. Um, that was his choice. But I don't think Spike Milgan was a big star in America or anything, was he? He was here. The film that makes me think the, the same, it's kind of, like I said before, similar similar reasons, I suppose, but um, it's big, uh, Tom Hanks. Again, you watch that as a kid and you just want to be that character. Yeah. Like a guy who, for a start, he grows up and he's already gets to do grown-up things, which is amazing when you're a kid. Uh-huh. And then... His job is coming up with yeah. ideas for toys and testing toys. Like, yeah. what could be better than that? And it's something that you can appreciate again as an adult and as a kid. As a kid, you want to you want to be an adult, don't you? And well, then when you're an adult, to do grown up stuff. Yeah, and then <laughs> when you're an adult, you'd prefer to be a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so you can yeah, appreciate so it both ways. Oh, it's a, it's a genius film for that, hundred uh, percent. Um, and yeah, Tom. Again, I'm not a huge fan of Tom Hanks, or I wasn't. What? For a long, and, uh, here is out. Here is out. What? <laughs> um, no, it, it, Tom Hanks is brilliant, man. No, he is. He is. And I've in the last year or so, I've kind of thought, what was I thinking before? Because he's just brilliant. I think it's because he was in a lot of like real mainstream box office smashes, which isn't normally my thing. Um, yeah. But that's, you know, t- take out trying to be too cool and not like those films. Like, pretty much everything he's in, he's brilliant in. And yes. most of the time, they're also excellent films. So, like, even if even if it's not a film that you would normally like, he's usually yeah. amazing in it. And he also seems like a brilliant fella as well, like, I don't uh, know does. anybody who's got anything bad to say about him. I mean, um, I've, I've seen a couple of interviews with him and stuff like that, and he's, he's always, I mean, he's a star. That's what he is, yeah. isn't he? He's yeah. just a oh, star. Yeah. There's so, not very many like movie stars like that 
around yeah. anymore. I think. Um, yeah. Tom Tom Cruise. Obviously, a lot of these a lot of people don't like Tom Cruise, and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But like, you watch those Mission Impossible films, like they're, they're perfect Hollywood blockbusters, and they're all because of him. Like it, it, he's he's just got that star quality. <laughs> Anyway, don't want to talk about Tom Hanks. So, about a year ago, Jane, wife got us. Uh, my wife got us. Uh, he's got a book of short stories out. Um, just that's it's superb. Like uh-huh. I, I don't know how he's as good a writer, like fiction writer, as he is an actor and all that. But it, honestly, it's massively recommended. Again, I watched a film called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I don't know if you've seen that. It was out last year. I haven't seen it, but my parents. Um, have raved about it and, and try to get really? to watch it. Yeah, um, they loved it, and I, I do like Tom Hanks, so it, it is something that I will definitely watch. Well, I just um, watched it last night, and um, I kind of preparation for this because what I read about it kind of fitted with what I, the theme of kind of what I wanted to talk about today, which was he plays a character called Mister Rogers. So I think he's called Fred Rogers. It means absolutely nothing to us, but this guy is like a legendary kids' TV presenter in America, yeah. and uh, uh, apparently he's the the nicest guy in the world. And the show is very wholesome. And um, the film is about a journalist who goes to interview him, who thinks he can't. There's got to be something under the under yeah. there that's right and dig some dirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it turned out he wasn't. <laughs> like he was just a really nice bloke, and uh-huh. I just thought, like he couldn't have get got a better person to play this guy either. Like yeah. it was re- really good. I hope you're a fan of Forrest Gump. Yeah, I mean, I mean amazing. It's Robert Zemeckis, isn't it? So I mean, uh-huh. Back to the Future, like yep. it's my favorite film, probably. So you do have a heart under there. You like Forrest Gump. You don't yeah. like the Shawshank Redemption, but you like Forrest Gump. <laughs> We have. Anyway, let's talk about music because I'm looking forward to hearing your musical selection. Pick not only the the sort of the album that uh, makes me happy, but probably the best album ever made, in ah, my okay. opinion, um, okay. which is Revolver by the Beatles, um, ah, which is nice. it's just uh, an album I completely adore. It's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Me too. Um, the first time I heard it, uh, because every, you know, we live in England, so I, everybody's household must have a copy of the Red Album or the yeah. Blue Album. And, yeah. and that's that's sort of what got me, as well as you. I think you were probably the main person that got me into the Beatles. Um, and for, for that, I'm forever thankful, Clifford. Okay. Um, because uh, that's... that's it's just a, a brilliant thing for you to introduce to, I think, wasn't it? Because uh, I think, how old were we were first met? 13? Something like that? Probably 14, I think. Probably 13 or 14. Maybe yeah. 13 when we like first crossed paths. Yeah. But probably 14 when we first met. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's when. I Also, I wanted, so when we first met, this is one of the things that, always makes me smile, is, um, do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the TV show? No. I think it's great, right? I didn't get it right. at first, but I do like it. It's an American comedy series about uh, a, a Brooklyn, it's the 99th precinct in Brooklyn police right. force. Right. And um, it's, I didn't get it at first, it's very American, but actually yeah. the more you get into it, 
it is it's it's really really funny and anyway the head policeman the chief of the police is a guy called andre brower i think you pronounce it or brower um and have a guess who he is a guess he is the same guy who played detective frank pembledon in homicide life on the street so that's why you like it then the first time me and Brett met, that was the first conversation, one of the first conversations we ever had. I, in all seriousness, asked Brett, asked you, do you watch Homicide Life on the Street? And you, still to this day, think I was taking a piss. Yeah. <laughs> but was the serious. answer was, of course I fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your favourite? That's how the conversation went. And, the, and my answer was Frank, Detective Frank Pebbledon. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, and I do, and I do think it's a great program, and it's massively mm-hmm. underrated. So it's it's David Simon who went on to do The Wire, which everybody fucking bumps. But uh, Homicide Life on the Street is That's just good. as good, I think. So yes, yeah, you, you got us on the Beatles and stuff like that. And um, when I eventually started earning a little bit of money because the the, the Red Album and and the Blue Album were easily accessible, everybody had them. You, you didn't sort of. I, I, not in my house anyway. Me mum and dad didn't have the specific albums, so I used to earn £35 a week. And what I used to do with every single pay packet is buy at least one Beatles CD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was spending like one-third of my wage on the Beatles, <laughs> right? Which was definitely worth it. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember getting Revolver, um, and the way I like to listen to music is just to switch everything off. So I remember sitting in the dark and sticking it on, um, and it just completely blew me head off right from the start. It, it's just an unbelievable yeah. album. I mean, yeah. Taxman first first song on the on the album, which is <laughs> amazing. It's like punk rock. It's it's well, absolutely it is, class. It? Well, yeah. Paul Weller nicked it for starts, didn't he? So. He, he certainly <laughs> did. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, there's things like on the on the red album and the blue album, like um, Yellow Submarine um, and Elna Rigby. But the other mm-hmm. ones are, are things that I hadn't actually heard before, so I was I was sort of listening yeah. to them for the first time. And honestly, all of them. I look. I, I think every single song on this album is amazing, and some of the sounds that every you'll single hear, song. Every single song. I love Yellow Submarine. I love them all. That's not the one. I adore them all. Is it? Which one don't you like? Is it Dr. Robert? It is Dr. Robert. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I mean, you know how big a Beatles fan I am. Yeah. There's probably only about five songs out of, I don't know how many they recorded, 150 or something. There's probably only about five that I don't like, and that's that's one of them. One of them. Not not a fan. But there's lots of reasons to like it. I mean, Tomorrow Never Knows is, is, is my favourite song ever. Yeah, That's I mean, I remember that... me and you listening to that over and over and over again, just yeah. like not being able to get our heads around it when we were teenagers. What do you think of Phil Collins' uh-huh. version of it? I don't think I've listened to Phil Collins. I don't want uh, Tomorrow Never Knows sort of tarnished by a bald man like Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't, I, I, I don't think I'll listen to it. Because, yeah, every, I mean, I put the album on yesterday. I've got a, a vinyl and uh, I play a little bit yeah. of guitar and stuff like that. So what I did was I, I can get me me, uh, me vinyl playing out of a massive sort of speaker, an amp, right? And that's how, okay. I, listen to, that's how I listen to me vinyl. So I pour it on. 
and I'm in love all the songs, but every single time when it gets to Tomorrow Never Knows, like the hairs on on my arms and that stand up mm-hmm. on on edge when I hear that one, because it's just, yeah. just sort of jolts us back to sort of when I was 16, sitting in that yeah. dark room, sort of yeah. listening to this song that is it completely blew me head off because some of the the sounds and things that you hear in that song. Have, have never actually been recreated again. They've never yeah, been I don't think again. anybody's made a song like that ever. Yeah. You've got, you know, those couple of Chemical Brothers songs with Noel Gallagher on that kind yeah. of rip it off, but yeah. they're not as good. I mean, and the other ones sort of, they're very British, I think, very British sort of summertime mm-hmm. songs, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think they're yeah. like the, the Kinks, certainly influenced by, um, mm-hmm. like a song like Gotta Get You Into My Life. I yeah. absolutely love that song. For me, that's a Northern Soul song, and yeah. and it and it is also typically British, a British version of Northern Soul. For me, yeah, done by well, a rock and roll band rather than a soul singer. I'd love to hear like, uh-huh. and like an Arthur Conley or someone like that sing that song. I just yeah. I think it's a soul a soul song. Um, well, McCartney but, wrote that one after seeing Stevie Wonder, so you you're massively on with that one. Um, okay, cool. That, that, that's uh, that. the sort of influence with that. He, he went to a Stevie Wonder concert, and uh, and that's he wrote that song afterwards. So you you bang on, aren't you? So I mean, I mean, and the other ones on there, the pure rock. Do you know what I mean? She said, she said. Just, that's yeah. that's one of my favourites. Uh, I can't get enough of that song. I, I really love it. Andy Oldberg can sing. Yeah, love that. Yeah, Andy Oldberg can sing. I'm sure the Jam do a version of that as well. Um, yeah. On the, like it's on the extras like demos album um, yeah again showing the influence of this this I mean, album they're all absolutely brilliant what, they're all absolutely like the jam brilliant. meant to be a punk band which clearly are not a punk band <laughs> they're just <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> i mean he just loves the beatles doesn't he, he just well, loves he loves the beatles, the beatles and soul like great uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> he'll do for me <laughs> oh well that's it exactly so yeah and, and the first in the first harrison's indian sort of song as well on here um, Which one is that again on this one? Uh, love you too. You know, like I'm a I'm a Harrison guy. I'm a Harrison supporter. So yeah, uh, well the wife is as well. I once uh, you sent a, a tweet or whatever, and you were asking about jobs, the the last five jobs that you've done today. Yeah. And I I put one on that you you probably don't know about, which is uh, I was working for a company called Priory Paving, right? Mm-hmm. It, I didn't know it's this. South Shields company. Selling Deccan, right? And I, I didn't actually know what Deccan was when I was selling it. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. But anyway, the, there was a, a girl who worked in Priory Paving, and I, you know, I, you try and get on with people and stuff like that, and you know, have a conversation. And she had this badge on. It was it was George Harrison, and I says, uh, oh, nice. oh, you like you like George Harrison then, do you? I says, so you must be a Beatles fan. She went, no, I only like George Harrison. <laughs> What? Yeah. Only I mean, George Harrison. I'm a huge George Harrison fan, and out of his something like twelve solo albums, most of them I've got. You've got a good best of. Why would you only like George Harrison? How could you like George Harrison stuff and not like the Beatles? It's exactly. I mean, it's obvious. It's the same. <laughs> exactly. Unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know where the conversation would go after that. I just, I was astounded by it. 
So yeah, this this album for me is is the one that makes me happy when I put it on. It reminds us of simpler times being, you know, sixteen when I probably first listened to it, and mm-hmm. I was spending one third of my money every single week on the Beatles. Well, I can't remember when I got. My mum had Sergeant Pepper, so I listened to that. Um, she had Abbey Road, so I, I can't remember when I first heard Revolver, but. Like most stuff, I mean, it's mad now when you think about it. We could just we can press another button on our laptops and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like that. So you either had to pay. CDs were about like fifteen quid sometimes, or eighteen quid. Like Beatles, you could normally get for a tenner because they hadn't been remastered and stuff like that for a while. Um, But most of this music, like certainly Bob Dylan, which you got me into Bob Dylan. Um, So again, thank you for that. That's cost me a lot of money um, <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> um, but most of the stuff was through the library. I mean, yeah. people probably well, think this is bad who, who are younger than us, but we used to go yeah. to the library, rent a tape or a CD yeah. or, a, or vinyl. Like back in the day, it would have been vinyls. I still had them, but we didn't yeah. get them. And then go home and and record it and then take it back or sometimes take it back i know you weren't a big fan of that policy <laughs> i wasn't I, I, I always had an argument with the, the guy in the in the library didn't have jazz man the fines um, but yeah that that's exactly what i was going to say i mean we must have been in in the local library where we live in south shields twice a week must mm-hmm. have been because you would go uh, and you would sort of You'd miss out on, you'd check if they had like a new album that had come out or, yeah. and you'd miss out on it because there would only be one copy. They were a massive part of our, our teenage life, that, oh, huge, that library. Huge. Yeah. And I'll oh, always be thankful. So I got into Bob Dylan because of that, uh, Pink Floyd. I remember getting uh, relics. I remember you telling us about Animals when you had listened to Animals by Pink Floyd, which is actually my favourite Pink Floyd album. It's just, it's always stuck in my head, you saying that. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. Yeah, it is crazy. Well, imagine like we hadn't heard any of that before. You might have heard the, like the song "Another Brick in the Wall." So that was probably it because that was everywhere in the eighties. Um, yeah. But you never have heard like any of uh, the Animals album. Like no sheep. chance. Sheep, never heard yeah. sheep. <laughs> never heard sheep. Well, it depends on whether I uh, I get me I actually go back to the the current job that I have. I do actually have a story about the first time so. that. <laughs> I do actually have a, a story about the first time I ever heard sheep, but I'll keep that for later on. See what happens okay. with me, Joe, because it, it has. Uh, <laughs> it's at a we'll certain have repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would if I told it. I think. We'll see what the post-corona landscape's like, and then maybe yeah. it's maybe it can be aired. Yeah. <laughs> we can, we can, if that is the case, I can talk more openly about me uh, me past past life as a okay. as a teenage madman. Talking about being 16 and stuff, there's one thing that always sticks in my mind that always makes us laugh. It was a snapshot of a a little thing that happened like in the blink of an eye. There was me, you, and I think Nobby sitting near Temple Park. And we were listening to um, Acquiesce by Oasis, which yeah. was one of those songs that oh, it was a B-side, but it was great and we still love it. Um, and you might remember what I'm going to say, but it was when a small dog knocked over a small yeah. man that we knew. <laughs> I can't 
like every now and then I'll, I'll just think of it and it just makes us laugh even though it was like it lasted 20 seconds and it was about 25 years ago I can't I'll never forget it so mm-hmm. I mean essentially we're sitting on the top of a hill and on the yeah. bottom of a hill is this guy called uh Warren who we used to be friends with who's he's a bit older than us wasn't he but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's grown up yet, but he's a very, very small yeah. man, wasn't he? We could see Warren at the bottom of this bank, and um, he's sitting there, he's doing keep up or something with a football, or he's just standing watching the football in front of him. There's definitely a football involved because a, a dog starts chasing a ball, and mm-hmm. we could see this dog like running towards him. And it just seemed to go in slow motion, like waiting. We could see what was going to happen. Like there was none of us tried to stop it. And I don't think we could have anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you could just see that this dog was going to run into him. And if it was me or you, it probably would have been fine. But because he was so small, yeah. it like absolutely yeah. threw him up in the air and he landed on his ass. Yeah. Like, flat on his ass. It took them out completely. Was, that was, that was I don't think anybody ever mentioned it. Like, he just <laughs> obviously got up and dusted himself off and then got back <laughs> about his business. We, we pretended that we hadn't saw it <laughs> until such time as you've brought it up on this podcast. It's 25 years on. I think it's all right now. <laughs> uh-huh. That, that kind of reminds me, and I, I hope you were there, but I, I think there was there was only a few were. Um, and the, there's, uh, there's always people kind of walking their dogs, as we've just said, on the outside. Um, yeah. And I took one of my um, shots and it yeah. kind of ballooned in the air and it, it kind of looped right up and it, I, it went over the fence. And mm-hmm. as this guy was walking past, walking his dog, it, it landed right on the top of his head, this shot, floored and he was on the, <laughs> like that, on the floor. And I mean, we're on the floor, absolutely killing ourselves <laughs> laughing. And, <laughs> and this, this guy, he went nuts when he got off. He was fuming. Absolutely those brutal. guys always used to be human didn't they like they did, eh? trying to think like now if i was walking along there like as an adult if i was walking like walking the baby or whatever and a ball hit us right on the head and knocked us out and then <laughs> the kids laughing at us whether what i would be do? like or whether i'd be like oh nice one lads good joke or whether <laughs> i would be furious <laughs> i know yeah You've got to put yourself in his shoes, haven't you? So there was many an incident at the uh, temple. There were many. I mean, we could do a whole podcast about all of that. That's that tough, to be honest. I mean, get some guests on from back in the day. Give Hope <laughs> a ring. See if he's around. <laughs> and, and he has Yeti with his bruised balls. We'll have to get him on to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from bruised testicles. So the album I wanted to talk about is um, Songs for Beginners by Graham Nash, uh, which I don't think you've ever heard of me. I didn't, like, no. maybe you'll get a chance to listen to it. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't think I had heard it until about 10 years ago or something. Maybe less than that. Yeah, probably about 10 years ago. When did it come out? I've got it here. I think it's like a 1971 album. Okay, so Graham Nash went to... Uh, he went to Morocco, um, had a life-changing experience and came back to Manchester uh, with these new songs based on his or what he had done out there, what he had taken, probably. And they were like, yeah. oh, we don't really, we don't really like them. Um, they wanted to keep going. I mean, fair enough, they ended up having a big hit with uh, the air that I breathe a few years later. So they did all right. But 
basically Graham Nash went over to America instead, like kind of summer of love time, and uh, ended up just in a house party with uh, David Crosby from The Birds and uh, Stephen Stills, who was in Buffalo Springfield with Neil Young, and just house party where they ended up singing a few songs and turns out their voices were amazing together. Um, so he called the Hollies up and said, you know what, it doesn't matter, I'm going to stay here. And he ended up being in there, which were the most successful band, uh, or still one of the biggest selling albums that one of the most successful bands ever, those yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know that Crosby still has a Nash album, but the song Marrakesh Express um, is the one that he wanted to give to the Hollies. And they were like, no, you're all right, mate. But yeah, so anyway, out of that, he's basically in that band. He's the he's the harmonies. He doesn't sing lead on them. See, that Steve, it's Stephen Stills mainly lead and, and Crosby, and Nash is just the harmony guy. Um, and he brought this album out, which probably I mean I don't know whether it was popular at the time or not. To be honest, but it took me a long time to get it and to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I heard it, I just I fell in love with it. It's yeah. I think there's a few reasons why. I mean he's. For a start, he's like a northern English fella who's moved to America and ended up being one of the biggest bands of all time by mm-hmm. kind of chance, but also because he was good and he went for it. I just think yeah. that's a nice that's a nice story. Um, yeah, well, we'll always appreciate you know people like that, don't we? I mean, because that that's what you need to do, isn't it? You need to yeah. take the bull by the horns and that and just go for it, don't you? And I think just like good on him and he still like seems all right now i mean he's a bit obviously he's old and he's very rich um but he still seems like a nice bloke um but also i think it's because he he sings on this and you can hear his voice like mm-hmm. he like actually singing and going for it not just doing like not just harmonizing with other voices he's yeah. the lead and he sounds very manchester on it like he's uh like his accent really comes through so not only do i like the songs but i kind of like the story around it and i like the fact that he's getting the chance to do his own stuff and i think mm-hmm. it's a bit like he's a bit like the george harrison of that super group. yeah because yeah. he's the mm-hmm. he's the, the the unsung one or the underdog but also this album it's just really good natured and that's one of the reasons that makes us like it makes us happy. It makes us want to sing along. Um, Like the songs are all kind of positive or talking about, you can have a positive impact or you can, doesn't matter what's happened before you can have, things can still change for the better and all of that kind of stuff, which sounds pretty cheesy and it sounds pretty trite, but, uh but but again, yeah, fucking why not? Like there's enough cynicism and all that. Um, He's not trying to be the mean and moody one that's confusing people or whatever. He's writing he's writing ten or eleven songs about people he loves, about wanting to change the world for the better and stuff yeah. like that. And I just I just love it. And a, a lot of it's kind of maybe when I heard it and when I got into it more. The song, the first song, Military Madness, is just it's it could be about me, it could be about you. Obviously, some of the things in it are quite specific to the the era. He's basically yeah. talking about being born in a northern seaside town. His dad was in the army. Um, he ended up moving away and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's great. Um, yeah. and, and honestly, it's just, it's sweet. It's a sweet album. He's got a, a sweet singing voice. And mm-hmm. I just, it just really gets us. And like yeah. when we're talking about things that make you happy or make you smile or make you feel better or make you feel like things could be better, 
I just uh-huh. think this is an album that really does it. It certainly made me want to, to, to go and listen to it. The other very strange thing is this, though. Uh, I, I go to charity shops, as, as I've mentioned before. Don't mm-hmm. Haven't mm-hmm. Um, great, great shops. Yeah, great shops. And sometimes you find sort of very weird things. Um, and something happened. Um, I bought a vinyl. Um, and inside the vinyl um, was some tickets. Some ticket stubs. Mm-hmm. Now these okay. ticket stubs are, are, are kept because they're, they're, on eBay I think they're worth fifty quid each. Really? Um, yes, but they now belong to you, given your love of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, because that's exactly what? where these ticket st- uh, stubs are from. They're from a concert. Really? Yes. <laughs> they're from a concert um, at Wembley Stadium. Um, which was uh, in 1974. <laughs> so I've got two ticket stubs in, in this particular um, concert. It was Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Joni Mitchell, um, Tom Scott and the LA Express, and the band as well. So that's oh, the first one. <laughs> and it, I'll I'll send you the pictures. So you, you uh, but I've kept them, and I do. I, for some, I mean. I knew they were worth a little bit of money, which is probably why I kept them. But uh, hmm. they're no good to me, so they're yours now. Um, and oh, there's isn't. another. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. That's all right, no problem. And there's another one as well, um, which is Elton John, The Beach Boys, The Eagles, Joe Walsh. <laughs> um, and this one was in the 70s as well. I'm trying to get the date, actually. Can't actually find the date for that one. But that one's yours as well. So, yeah, I've got two ticket stubs for you, which I've only just realised as you've been talking now that <laughs> I remember that I had them. Um, so, yeah, they're yours. You can have them. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's oh, all right. Very, no problem. Very much appreciate that. Oh, that's class. That's movie like. Yeah, one was from 1975 um, and one was from 1974. Oh. So I think imagine. Uh, being at those gigs, they would be, both would be incredible, I'm sure. Well, I'm going to go, I think, because uh, too late, and I've got, hopefully, um, hopefully I've got work in the morning if we're having all flooded <laughs> yeah. or whatever is going to happen. Lovely. All right. Well, thank you very right, much. Well, I've enjoyed this yeah. one, just chatting. Yeah, me too. It was much. good. Yeah, yeah me too. Okay. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and follow us, F Circus Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts and subscribe, like it, and all of that kind of stuff. And we'll be back with you again next weekend. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.